what the Bible means to me. We need to know what it means. That's where I have to allow God to redefine my thinking. He tells us in Romans 12, 2, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. What always gets me about this verse is he's telling believers we still need to be transformed. It means I have a saved spirit, but I still think with a lost brain, and slowly but surely my mind has to be transformed. Such transformation comes but one way, by truth, by His Word. Knowing what you believe. Back in 1998, one of my former students called me a few months into his freshman year in college. He attended an institution of higher learning, yet he wanted answers to a kind of test he didn't expect. Man, I need help, he said, his voice sounding desperate. These professors are pounding me. The entire culture here is mocking everything I ever heard you say. He spent the next several minutes asking questions, though one unsettled me more than any of the others. He told the story of an assertion someone made in class that left him too befuddled to reply, which is why he had called me for help. Now, what do I believe about that again? he asked. Less than a year after leaving the cozy spiritual nest of our church group, where everyone shared the same beliefs and lingo, he was facing the white-hot furnace of a hostile universe and its ungodly worldviews and he folded like paper in fire. He didn't have his own Jesus. I'm not saying he hadn't experienced salvation. He simply didn't have a meaningful connection to a living Lord through his own intimate fellowship. The walk, what little existed, wasn't personal. Reading between his worry lines, I could hear his confession— Mark, I don't really have my own beliefs. I just have yours, and you're not here. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Your Jesus didn't come to college with me. At first I wondered whether this young man needed some instruction in apologetics to inform his answers in an ungodly environment. The more he talked and the more I thought about it, I concluded he needed something else something deeper than quick answers from a book or enrollment in a discipleship course. He needed his own Jesus, his own nurtured daily fellowship with the one true God. He wasn't cultivating his own faith, much less living off of it. Learning a few lessons Recently I've been learning some hard lessons. First, I can't forge spiritual transformation or growth. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can teach biblical truths and try to reach people through song, but I can't make someone listen or even care, let alone change. My responsibility is to tell the truth in love as God grants the opportunity. Second, many of us believers, even longtime members of the body of Christ, have genuine faith but parasitic practices. Sometimes our only experiences with God have trickled down second-hand from the lives of more mature believers. What we know of an authentic walk with God actually belongs to someone else. It isn't grounded in our own experience of God. This book was generated as I asked myself, as I now ask you, some difficult questions. 
Is your walk with Jesus Christ characterized by personal faith, personal prayer, personal study, and personal disciplines? Or do you get by with the overflow from more mature Christians? Do you have your own Jesus? Perhaps hearing these words makes you uncomfortable. The notion sounds almost heretical. Your own Jesus. Yet the longer I walk with and serve Jesus in the local church, the more crucial the question seems. Every believer must have his or her own Jesus, for Jesus is the only way to salvation, peace, and contentment, both in this world and the next. It sounds weird. It sounds like I'm insisting you find your own way, as though there are as many versions of Jesus out there as there are people. In fact, there is only one, and he is the only true way. John 14, 6. And he is the same yesterday and today.